Neil, man, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, uh, you've like grown a beard down to your waist. It's kind of weird. I didn't. Uh, it's been longer than I thought. Well, the crazy thing is they canceled the ZZ Top uh, in <laughs> Evansville. Right? Did they really? Uh, ZZ Top was supposed to play in the Ford Center, and uh, they've called me to come in and replace them. Really? No, not really. My do beard's you, not that long. Neil. Do you know the, the name of the only member of ZZ Top who doesn't have a beard? I actually don't. A little trivia. What a great trivia question. I don't I don't know the answer here's, to that. Here's how it's easy to remember. His name's Frank Beard. That's incredible. <laughs> he doesn't have one. The other guys have them. He doesn't. That's fabulous. Uh, I'm Edward Marlowe. This is Neil Bradley. This is the For Those Who Inquired podcast. Uh, Neil went on vacation for about seven to ten days, and in the stead of Neil being on vacation, I was able to record a wonderful two-part podcast with All You Need to Know, uh, DJ Pig and Quinn Eaton, both of Murray, former Marshall County natives that now kind of live in Murray. DJ lives in Graves County. Quinn is a men's golfer for the Murray State University golf team. Uh, have a new, go- new golf coach uh, and Coach DeLuca. And then um, DJ is an assistant coach uh, for Graves County Boys Basketball. And uh, they've got a great, terrific, very random, very... Um, I don't know, offhanded podcast where they just kind of talk about everything and nothing all together. Stuff. Stuff about things. Like items or something. Exactly. They they, they, they just pick specific topics. Could and they not, talk about this new lamp? And they could. They I, could talk about that? They, could, they absolutely could talk about that new yeah, lamp right. where you, it looks like you, it looks like don't the tell light. Them what it looks like. Yeah, the light just kind of turns on by squeezing the bulb. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. They, yeah, they talk about, but they talk about random stuff like that. Okay, absolutely, right. no doubt. As a matter of fact, I think they're about to do an episode. I don't want to put them on the spot, but they're about to do an episode where they discuss whether the Kool Aid Man is the Kool Aid inside the jar or the actual jar. That's a tough call. I, I you know, I never thought of that one. I, uh, 46 years ago this week, someone may have thought of that at the place where I was. 46 years ago this week, I was in Sedalia, Missouri, 120,000 people at Ozark Mountain Music Festival. And I know that there were people that did acid there. They may have thought of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, right. I, I didn't. I Ex- didn't. Except so, except Quinn and DJ they don't, don't. don't think about it on acid. Yeah. It is a totally sober conversation. Which makes it really weird. It, you know, someone on acid you get, okay, you thought of stupid stuff, but they do it normally, and it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's fabulous. So... Neil, how was your vacation before we get started in things that are sports-related? Oh, the, the vacation was good, kind of a stay staycation. The only place I went was to Ellis Park and Moonlight Barbecue. And this past weekend, well, I got the, Cardinals, got the Cardinals straightened out. They lost Friday night. I went Saturday, Sunday, got a couple wins. They hammered the Cubs. Went to bed last night. They were hammering the Cubs. Woke mm-hmm. up this morning. They lost to the Cubs. Mike! What the heck? They lost to the Cubs, Neil. But anyhow, it was fun. I'm going back uh, August 5th, taking a, uh, one more game. That's and that's it for me for the season. What do you think is going to happen in the National League Central since we already are the, at the, the top of it? Brewers are going to run off with it, and everyone else will be uh, planning for next year. You don't think the Reds have a chance? Well, they need the Brewers to slip, and that's right now out of their control. They can beat the Brewers when they play them, but right now the Brewers are playing well enough that I don't know. You know, we're to the point of the season they're going to have to probably tank because of injuries is what I'm guessing. I don't see that happening right now. The tough part with the Reds, and you kind of saw it even this past weekend with the the New York Mets, I, they stole one, but, like, 
the bullpen, man, with the Reds. It just isn't tra- trading Iglesias let, or letting Iglesias go uh, has kind of, of course, paid. You know, it's been tough to replace what he was able to bring in. Amir Garrett hasn't necessarily worked out uh, as a closer uh, or even as a middle reliever. He's he's really struggled this year, and it's it's not just him. Like I'm not even going to point it at him. Like uh, the New York Mets, this last game, the Reds lost 15 to 11 and twice tied the game yeah. in in extras. So it's just like, man, like what else can you do? When your offense is doing so well, and the Reds are one of the best offensive teams in Major League Baseball, top 10 in, in total batting average, but the bullpen is just abysmal. I'm pretty sure it's like a plus 5 ERA or worse uh, con- collectively, and that's not ideal. That's not how you win baseball games the last time I checked. So, no. um, Other sports things, and the main things that we wanted to talk about with uh, Racer Athletics, Game 6. Neil, the last time you and I talked... Um, Cam was working his way not only into more minutes, but it was game one and game two of the NBA Finals. Uh, the Finals are now complete. The Milwaukee Bucks bring back a championship for the first time in 50 years. Uh, second championship in uh, conference in, in, in school. And I say school, it's called in, in, in history for their program. Unbelievable performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, 50, 50 points. I mean, what do you do? Right, what what do you do to that? I, last night, game six, the Suns lost one hundred five to ninety eight. Campaign had ten points on four for six shooting. Was immediately effective early, um, as Milwaukee had a twenty nine to sixteen lead after the first quarter. Before Cam really helped energize the Suns back into it. At mm-hmm. one point, he was the leading scorer midway through the second quarter. He he gave them a quick punch to get them back into the ball game. Uh, it was a close game at halftime, and it was close the rest of the way until Giannis, man. Giannis scored 30 points in the second half, and it was it was unbelievable performance. I'm glad I stayed up to watch it. Did they vote on MVP? Because they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have voted. It, it, they should have just handed it to him. They should have just handed it to him because of how amazing he was in all six games, but they did vote. He won it unanimously. Okay. Well, at least you got that. Yeah. Because they they need to get rid of anyone who didn't vote for him. Because if you couldn't see that, if they won, I, I got it. If they didn't win, you'd probably get somewhere from the Suns, right? But uh, I mean, it, it was it was glaringly obvious he was the guy. You know, the crazy thing about it is you can actually win MVP and not win the series. That yeah, I understand that you can. Um, if I'm not mistaken, double somebody double check me on this, but I'm almost certain Rick Barry won it. Yeah. The year that they lost. It's happened a few times in champion, but it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. But I think Rick Barry, if I'm not mistaken, it was against the Celtics in seven games. And Rick, I'm pretty sure Rick averaged like 38 points in that series to even take it to seven right. games. And so. and I, th- I think if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm trying to remember some old history here, but I think Bill Russell basically went up to him and said, hey, man, Holy moly, dude! Like you deserve MVP because this isn't even a series without you. Um, and, and Bill Russell has some street cred. If he yeah. says that, that I'm going to take that to the bank. Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit of street cred there. <laughs> We've talked a lot, Neil, about what Cam was able to do um, in this postseason. And I just want to give give a few quick numbers as to what he was able to do in the first round against the Lakers. He shot, let's see, 41.5 percent from the field, mm-hmm. averaged 12.5 points per game. They move on to the second round. 
uh, a sweep against Denver, which unfortunately didn't have the resources of Jamal Murray, but it was still an emphatic sweep by the Suns. They were terrific that entire series. During that time, he averaged, Cam averaged 6.8 points, 2.3 assists, and 2.5 rebounds. Didn't play as much, but they got through there pretty quickly. Then we get to Phoenix versus the Clippers, and this is where he really had to step up to push them into the finals. Those first two games, he combined for like 38 points. Oh, no, 40 points. Excuse me, 40 points and one turnover and 18 assists. Wow. And well, he's the reason they were in the finals. He's, he's, he's yeah. a big reason why they made the finals yeah. because they go 2-0 and in those two games. You know, Chris Paul comes back. His role diminishes naturally. Uh, and he finishes out averaging 9.8 points, 5.2 assists in that series. And they win that. And, and they, they go 4-2 and to make it to the finals. Then in the finals, last four games uh, weren't, it wasn't particularly fair, uh, honestly, because Milwaukee just found another gear. They lost game four by two possessions. They lost game five by two possessions. And they lost game six by three possessions uh, in what was a terrific series. Um, But you take a look at what he did in the NBA Finals. He averaged 7.3 points, 1.7 assists, 2.5 rebounds, and shot 36% from three and 46% from the field. So Cameron Payne just made himself a lot of money. And, yeah, he'll That's have all I have to say about that. Job for the foreseeable future, not sure where. And I, I know Suns fans are disappointed, but when the season tipped off, would they have taken that finals, six games you're going to lose? Yep, put me down for that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you walk into an NBA, I don't know, they have media days, of course, right. but if the Phoenix Suns walked into NBA media day at the beginning of the year and said, we're going to the NBA finals, might not win, probably not going to, because Giannis, Chris, uh, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday are going to get it done. But we'll, we're going to battle it out as one of the best teams in the league. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, you sign up for that because what it's now done. No matter what Chris Paul does, he is a free agent in the off season. So is so is Cameron Payne for that matter. Um, no matter what the Suns do from this point forward, they've now created a destination. When you when you go to the NBA Finals. Um, you created a destination for free agents. That's mm-hmm. that's what happens. So you're now an oasis in the desert, which is exactly what Phoenix is. So it's amazing what they were able to build, and it's pretty cool to see that Cam had a small small role in it. Played 60 games yeah. in the regular season and only missed like a game, like a half game, game and a half really, with that rolled ankle that he had early, um, you know, in the playoffs. Uh, so it, it's. It's it's remarkable, really, you know, what Cam was able to do this year for his career. But it was just remarkable to see what the Suns were able to do this season. I mean, five years ago, they were one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and now this year, with the acquisition of Chris Paul, the development of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and the way that they've drafted, traded, and built that roster, uh, you can't take anything away from it. It's been it's been cool to see. So they'll take two weeks off, report to training camp. The season begins uh, what August tenth, something like that. <laughs> it doesn't. It'll be a little bit longer than oh, that. A little longer than that for right. this time. But uh, that's how it felt between the bubble and this. If you really think about it, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything, but if you take a look at the the, the amount of time between the NBA seasons this past time around due to COVID, mm-hmm. um, it was a quick turnaround. It you was. declared the champion, and and I'm not going to say I, I'd say maybe a 
I don't know if you can put a scientific number to it, but there certainly were more injuries right. um, well, beca- yeah. because of the quick turnaround. They were used more and didn't get as much rest. Right, absolutely. It'll so happen. We'll see how the Suns draft goes and uh, look forward to reporting on how Cam does. I, I'm still in contact with the Phoenix Suns. I, I hope once everything kind of settles down a little bit for them, you and I get a chance to talk to Cam. That'd um, be nice. It'd be great to have a conversation with him just to kind of you know, illuminate and, and talk about what happened this year and how he was able to just kind of right the ship. An amazing success story, too. He's the... Uh, the poster, the poster man of, do you just give up on your dream or do you keep working and busting it and find a way to make it happen? Right. Because he did exactly that. Yeah, I mean, you think about the last 85 games of his NBA career been a lot different than the first 85 games of his NBA career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to see. And like I said, I don't know if he's ever going to be a superstar. Uh, you don't have to be a superstar in the NBA. You and I have talked a lot about this. Yeah. Uh, it's worth addressing again. There are roles in the NBA to be filled. You know, not everybody's a Giannis. Not everybody's a Damian Lillard or a LeBron James. Or list goes on and on. We can name all the all-stars. Not everybody's an all-star. You've got to have the middle glue as well, and that's important. So, speaking of the middle glue, it uh, looks like Murray State football has a lot of the middle glue because Neil, for the third time in racer history, they were picked to win the Ohio Valley Conference in football. Mm-hmm. In 2021, I, I'm I'm not trying to make that like a big deal, but it's kind of a big deal. Yes, well, since I've been doing the games, which I started in 1991, since I've been doing them, they've only been picked one other time, and that was uh, coming off the Houston Nut season, right? Where they went unbeaten in the regular season. Followed that up, they lost the opener Western Kentucky, and then won them all uh, for going to the playoffs uh, for a second straight year. But it's rare. Uh, usually they're dealing with teams that have done better. Now, Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky lost the league. Uh, I don't think we have to to really uh, fool anyone. If Jacksonville State was still in, based on what they were returning, they would probably have been picked. But right now the Racers are an it's a legit pick. Uh, based on what they return with 22 starters, uh, they have uh, more than 10 all OVC players at different positions, both sides of the ball, including specialists. I mean, this is a loaded team, and then they brought in some good ones. And Coach Dean Hood alluded to they might have a they have a couple spots open. There may be a a, a guy or two here or there who they'll uh, have on the roster by the time they kick it off September second. Yeah, that's the one question that I did get to ask Dean, and I I don't, I don't like to preempt those types of things. It probably will become an interesting summer and early fall camp because. You probably recruited some guys that you think they're going to immediately help get you over the hump. The mm-hmm. one thing that the Racers didn't do in the spring is win the conference championship, and that's because after starting 5-0, and they lost a close game against Austin P, right. a terrific game, and then lost a close game against Jacksonville State that got away from them a little bit in the second half before the Racers had a couple opportunities to kind of close it up and, and get, clo- get, get closer in that game, but it just didn't happen. So, you know, I even asked Levi Nessler, you know, former Graves County offensive lineman. I asked him uh, on Monday, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really not trying to be inappropriate here, but the goal last spring, even with new players and, you know, missed half a season and you've only got seven games, the goal was still to win an Ohio Valley Conference championship, and you didn't. What's the difference? Where do you make up the ground? Um, you know, is it more focus on offense? Is it more focus on defensive acumen? Like, where, where does it come uh, to change – the 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 expectation how do you get to that point 
And he kind of said the same thing. It's the, kind of the smaller things. They, they had never been in that situation before um, as a team. They, they are now. They return a lot of key talent that has now been in that crucible. They've been in that battle, that hot plate, so to speak. Um, and now they're ready to do that. I do agree with you. I think if Jacksonville State and even EKU are both in the league, the standings, the preseason standings probably look a little bit different. But the one thing that I will say is if Jacksonville State and EKU were both in the league, we'd have a hell of a battle for the championship. And, I I mean, we had a great battle in the spring for the championship. I mean, look at the parity that we saw week to week in the Ohio Valley Conference. And you take a look at this year's picks – Austin P, you know, if healthy, I'm gonna I'll knock on wood just for the sake of FCS football. You know, if Austin P is healthy, they're contending. If Semo's healthy, they're contending. Um, you never really can sleep on like a UT Martin either, or or and everyone knows EIU's trying to improve, and you know, and then and then what's Tech doing? You know, I mean, Tech's not gonna be bad, and. I think one of the main points that was made at Ohio Valley Conference Media Day was the fact that the the OVC has been really good in football over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, your champion has been really successful in the FCS playoffs, and a second bid has been successful recently in the FCS playoffs. And look at what SEMO's done just in the last five years. So I, I think what that does is it just breeds a lot of talent and excellence within the league. Is Murray State one of the top teams in the league this year? Absolutely. I, I think without question, you have you have so much experience and skilled experience, not just random experience. You have Preston Rice at quarterback. You've got Lamartez Brooks at wide receiver. You've got Jacob Bell at wide receiver. Nestler and Vance at offensive line. You've got Edmondson on the defensive line. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm surprised. You know, Samuda made linebacker. Alec Long's just as good. So it's just... You know, and then Honeycutt, of course, at returner, who's also a pretty solid wide receiver. So it's just, and we didn't even mention the other three or four guys that made OVC last year that are part of this all 22 mm-hmm. that I would call the racers have having. Right. And you're exactly right, Neil. I, I want to make up that point again. It's extremely possible, you know, when we wake up and see the racers play Mississippi Valley State, that the, the those 22 might be a different 22. Could be. Could could very well be because they brought in a considerable recruiting class that doesn't just include freshmen. There's some JUCOs there. And in my opinion, the other thing that we didn't mention, and this is this is my opinion, and I'm sure several agree with me, others from other schools will not, is that they have the best head coach in the league. And now he's in a routine that he's familiar with. Doesn't have to worry about spring football games. They've played a spring. He's got a year under his belt at Murray State. Uh, and Dean Hood, I, I think, is an amazing football coach. Watch out. He, I think he's going to get it done. Whether they'll win a championship this year, I don't know. I know they have the talent to do so, but championships are coming with him at the helm. I think the interesting thing, too, and it was worth bringing up, and, and you'll always have kids transfer. It, it's almost not even a talking point anymore. But the racers didn't have a ton of guys defect. No. And I don't even necessarily like using that word because I think opportunity should be available anywhere. But you take a look at who left the racers in this offseason and the guys who opted to return. The roster hasn't come out yet, but when it does, you will see 22 starters returning and you'll see a lot of backups that decided, hey, we're sticking around. Mm -hmm. We like where this trajectory is headed. We like this battle. you got several guys that have been here 
that were recruited under Mitch and things like that that wanted to see this happen. Mm-hmm. And so they're sticking around to finish out the deal. And I, I think that was probably more telling than anything. And a lot of times, guys want to go get theirs. And that's okay. I, I'm not going to attack that. But it's cool. It can also, on the on the transpose of that, it can also be really cool to see guys want to stay out and stay with it to do it there to instead of going somewhere else to get it and that that's in all walks of life i guess but i mean i mean heck even look at the milwaukee bucks Giannis even said last night he had a chance to go somewhere else and could have gotten a supermax deal with any other team but wanted to do it with milwaukee what you have in murray state's locker room at the moment for the football team is a bunch of guys that want to get it done here in roy stewart stadium so i think that's really interesting and a lot of that is loyalty within the program uh, when the you know have a new coaching staff, that can go one of two ways. You can have man, I don't like this these these guys. I don't either. I don't like them. They're asking too much. I don't think they know what they're doing. Those are usually three common themes yep. when new coaching staffs come in. Instead, uh, Dean has talked about how they bought in and then they fought for one another. There wasn't well, great. And now the offense is fumbled. Way to go, guys. Now we got to clean up your mess. Wasn't any of that. It was like okay. It's fine. We're going to take care of it. We're going to get that ball right back. For right. You. And uh, he, he said the fact that they bought in to the team concept, and that's I think that's what great coaches are able to do is to get players to buy into that, and they, they did that. And I think you'll see another step forward this season in there. Yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see of the 22 – who's still starting by the end of the year. I don't think it's a knock on anything, but you've got an 11-game schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to knock on wood again. You hope to be healthy by the end of that 11-game schedule, but right. you've got a really strong non-conference schedule this year. You've got Cincinnati and Bowling Green. Uh, Bowling Green is a underdog in every game this year except one, and it's against the Racers. Yeah. Uh, naturally so. FB- FBS versus FCS. They're, they're, they're certainly trying to rebuild their program in the MAC. Uh, Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken, will be a top 15 team this year uh, in the country, in the FBS. Sure. They will be very good. So that'll be a fun game and a fun experience. Um, I hate to put a number on it, but that's probably going to be like a Georgia-like game, you know, from a couple years ago where, like, you, you start off early and you play well, and then Cincinnati is going to throw in their reserves and, and do what they can. Yeah. Um, but that's Bearcat football. That's what they do. Um, you got Mississippi Valley State. Am I as the home opener? Is that right? Yes, it's a Thursday night, the only night game. Amazing, yeah, yeah, amazing that it's the only night game. And then you've got, I believe, it's your two conference non-conference opponents, which will jump into a non-conference matchup. I believe are SEMO and EIU. That's right. It's a heck of a non-conference schedule because SEMO is going to be contending for an OVC title, and that one matchup won't count against the OVC slate. Yeah. The game here is a conference game. The game there is not. And then the opposite with Eastern Illinois. So what do you do in those games? I know you and I talked a little bit about it, but it's worth addressing as we get closer and closer to the season. I would think, I mean, obviously those games matter because you want a better FCS playoff seeding. You care. But do you show the cards? I think if there's a way to hold something back, you might. But honestly, that's most of what you're going to do is going to be revealed anyway, other than a trick play here or there. I mean, do you really think that Dean Hood's going to revamp his offense or defense? No, he's not. He's going to play the same way. Trick play here or there. Just so you if, get better at it. If you don't have to use those, they'll probably you know keep those in their back pocket for uh, the game that's a conference game. 
Uh, but I, I, I just can't see Dean doing a lot differently, uh, although there may be some teams that, that do that that way. I, I've heard some complaints, some confusion, or some even a little bit of frustration as to why the league would do that. It's the only choice. I love it. You're playing Sisters of the Poor games if you can get those, because these are games that were popped out of your schedule that are in the middle of everybody's conference. Yeah, season. imagine. I, I wanted to. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's like, it's like if you had a Jenga tower that was already like you're. You know you're about to win. Your opponent is about to knock a brick out and the whole tower fall down. But then you don't have any control over that. You're the guy that's like, well, I didn't remove those. Those aren't the logs I wanted to remove. Well, EKU and JSU made that decision for you. They pulled their log out of the Jenga tower, and your tower of scheduling fell. You're exactly right. To rebuild the tower, the league had to come up with a way to pop in a couple of decent games. This is absolutely better for the racers than playing, say, and I'm not trying to disrespect any program, but it's absolutely better than them plugging in a Pikeville yeah. or uh, a, a KWC or a Bethel. Great programs, you know, fun, fine programs, or even a Lindsey Wilson. Man, Lindsey Wilson, yeah. that, that'd be kind of fun. But, but you probably couldn't get them anyway. Right, they're scheduled yeah. to play their schedules. They're already penciled in and ready to go. Yeah. In, so In basketball, that's easy. Play on a different night. Yeah. Day. But you can't do that in football. You get one game a week. You can't get well, play us two. You can't play two in a week. You just can't do that. Yeah, it's the sport that. That's why. Why do they schedule so many years in advance? Because they have to. Yeah. And uh, these were locked in. Usually, you don't have any issues, but when you lose two conference games, I think this is the best possible solution rather than play games that don't help anybody. Oh, these games absolutely help. Not only do they help from an RPI standpoint, but I think it just helps the league. And you'll want to come see those teams. I want to come see a Murray State SEMO game. Absolutely. And if I had some other things to do and it's a game where Murray's going to win by 80 points, yeah, I'm not sure if I would come or not. If you're just average fan, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your hardcore fan's going to come. They're but coming. You're exactly right. On a Saturday afternoon, if I want to play... You know, oh, what am I doing at 2 o'clock today? I, I don't know. I could mow the yard. Or hey, I could go see a competitive ba- college football game. Bam and Auburn's on tonight. You want to watch that on TV or watch Murray beat Campbellsville by 85? Right. I'm, I'm probably going to watch the Iron Bowl. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and stay and watch that. I'll check them out. I mean, that's just kind of, whether we like that or not, that's the way that is. Yeah, that is that is life, and we're sticking to it. Uh, Neil, I want to close up a little bit of shop here. We've still got some racer athletics to talk about because the basketball tournament is almost here. It is. You were able to go Monday night. I was unable to make it due to memory issues. Huh. I honestly just forgot about it, didn't put it in my phone, and then saw pictures on social media. It's like, oh, I forgot. But I'm, I'm going to be there Thursday night. I have it on my phone. So. I, I've got uh, my new job with WKDZ. I've got a couple of school board meetings that I've got to cover on Thursday night. I'm hoping to pop in after I get done with those. But we'll see how long litigation takes in, in Katie's Kentucky. But um, that being said, I did stop by on Monday. I don't, I mean, the guys took it seriously. I don't have a ton of analysis i will say from a physical standpoint i am i did not realize just how in shape some of these guys still were when you talk about i mean i know that Eurobasket and and you know the the league that that isaiah is in in russia these are very serious legitimate you know legitimate basketball settings for these guys i'm not I never thought that, but you just, when they're so far away, you don't think about the shape they're in. Mm-hmm. Even Shaq. I, I didn't necessarily think about well, what kind of shape Shaq's in. These dudes are in great, great shape. I mean, Ed is bulked out. I mean, kind of, 
He's he's a little bit thicker than he was when he was at Murray State. Has, has dreads now. Yeah, dreads. Yeah. yeah, but he's but I mean he is so much more physically imposing. I'd say the two physical specimens though, Jonathan Farrell and Ivan Aska, lit it up. Wow. And they are I mean can take it from the top of the key to the paint. Um, an incredible shape. Farrell's got a three-point shot. Aska's got a little bit of a three-point shot. Um, these guys are going to run and gun. I don't know how they're going to play defensively. They might play a little zone, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you got Shaq at the nose of that defense, but these guys are in incredible shape. Brandon Garrett looked really good. I think one of the things you thought maybe guard play would be really good for this overlooked team coming in, I don't know. I mean, the post might be the, the secret weapon because mm-hmm. – Farrell legitimately looks like, I mean, looks like a linebacker. He looks absolutely, completely different wow. than he did when he was at Murray State. He's got a beautiful jump shot, really good three-pointer, rebounds like a maniac. And then Aska just kept running in transition for wide-open dunks. I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of speed in his transition game that he had. So, I, I like I said, that's just a very, very quick analysis of a few pickup games Guys really just enjoying each other. I think the number one takeaway I had from a Monday night at 7 o'clock is that there were about 150 people mm-hmm. there, uh, including you know former coach uh, Steve Prohm, you know was there with his family. Um, I think that, to me, was more of the takeaway. Some of the racer men's basketball team was there. Of course, Matt McMahon was there, his staff, so on and so forth. Like It's just like it was a Monday night for a basketball team that's kind of getting put together on the fly that has a game on Saturday, and there were 150 to 200 people mm-hmm. in the stands just itching to see these guys all yeah, play together. I know. And uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised, but I still kind of was. I was like, this is, this is what racer basketball c- mm-hmm. can be about sometimes. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them Thursday night and then uh, watching them compete as well uh, in their event in Peoria. So hopefully they will do well. Uh, just an update on the current situation. Uh, I ch- chatted with Matt McMahon. Still a lot of work to do on the schedule. Right. That's the stock statement. And uh, soon on the new assistant basketball coach, pretty much the same thing we've had for the last three months. Yeah, and I mean, to be completely fair, he'd like for that process to be a little faster, too. I know, I know. Um, I know that there was some talk about um, the possibility of them getting into a uh, – uh, a, tur- uh, a tournament, but I don't know. You're, you're kind of running out of time there. Yeah. Uh, I, and uh, you got to find the right one. That is right. I mean, you can't just go to a random tournament. I think I've had a couple people point out to me, well, Belmont got an ESPN tournament. Like, I don't, they I were don't, in it two years ago. They were in it. canceled last year, and they're, yeah. they just rolled it over. Yeah, that, and not, and that's the other thing that I'm finding out, too. I, I don't know how many contracts from the non-conference slate last year are going to roll over into this year. Most did. Most did, but yeah. I don't know if all of them did. Right. And I think for McMahon and for, you know, who knows? I, I, I can't speak as to what teams that would be, but I think it's extremely possible that the racers, while they'll have a, a competitive non-conference schedule, it may not look like the way it was supposed to look from last year. It's not like just like a carbon copy right. is what I'm getting at. It's not like they just rolled it out and said, okay, we'll just see you in 2022, like the, in 21, 22. Like it, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um so we'll see kind of how that all plays out. But uh, going back to the basketball tournament, the Racers do play on Saturday on ESPN3. Right. Uh, they play – I just lost the name of the team. Is it the Syracuse bunch they're playing? Or no, that's if the, that's if Syracuse okay. and, and – Yeah, uh, they play either. And uh, 
Team Seoul, actually. Okay. Whoever wins that game, that's a three fourteen matchup. All right. Uh, they play the uh, Heartfire. That's okay. who they play. Um, and the Heartfire is a bunch of a bunch of different guys all put together. There's like three or four, three or four, I believe Michigan State play former Michigan Staters on that okay. team, and it's going to be pretty good. Uh, it should be a pretty tough matchup, actually. Six and eleven. Oh, they're not going to be any easy games. No, not at all. The basketball tournament. Look at yeah. what some of the games have already been. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, look at what. Look at what aftershocks did last night. I mean, look. I mean, you know, Eberlon Drive is really good, and you know, speaking of that, actually, Shaq, your two youngest players on the team this year are Shaq Buchanan and uh, Nate West. Which, for those that don't know, Nate West was the 2020 Division Three Player of the Year, and he's a heck of a player. Played with Jeff Martin Jr. at Letu, and um, you know, he's a he's a heck of a player, and and just kind of a Really fast transition guy. I don't really know what the roster is going to look like between now and Saturday. I think there are some things up in the air with some certain mm-hmm. guys. There have been some injuries. I have been told Rashid Suleiman, that was from Duke and Maryland, is not going to be able to play. Um, he he got hurt last week okay. in training and is not going to be able to be a part of, of the Racers uh, overlook team this year. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, the Saturday roster is going to be, going to be kind of interesting to see who kind of takes the floor. But... Um, I know Shaq's going to be a big part of it, cool. you know, Farrell, yeah. you know, and then you've got Jeff McClain coaching the team now. It was yeah. supposed to be Brian Scherer, but it's... Well, why doesn't Jeff just suit her up there? I, player coach. Yeah, why not? You, I mean, I guess you technically can do that, but... I don't know if you, I don't know really what the rules are. Yeah, but it, it'll be a lot of fun to see the guys um, kind of go up there and compete. Uh, I, w- luckily for us, Neil, media types, we've got some access. We'll have some photos... Uh, we'll see some box scores. Um, we'll get a few comments and, and remarks from players after games and things like that. But I'm expecting Saturday to be a dogfight. Me too. Wish them the best of luck. And can't wait to see them on Thursday. All right. Well, Neil, I hate to cut it a little short here. I'm going to head to work. What? And uh, I know, right? I've already been. I'm getting ready to head home. Yeah, that's perfect, though. It I'm is. just getting started, though. <laughs> but, right. Neil, I appreciate it, man. All right. That'll do it for yeah. today's show. Thanks.